Hey guys, it's Nathan. This is episode 70 of The Nathan Seward Show. The Nathan Seward Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life. And welcome to the show, guys. I hope you had an amazing, amazing Christmas and New Year's. And uh, wow, it's 2019. Can you believe it? That it's 2019. Do you remember when you were a kid and you were uh, talking about 2020 and that was the future? We talked about 2020 as like that was somewhere that was way off and now that's only a year away. And that's, uh, that's 2020. We're in 2019 now. It's crazy. A little bit of a hiatus from the podcast. To be honest, I was a little bit burned out the last couple of months. So I needed to have a little bit of a break. And uh, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a busy time. Like I did a lot of travel last year. And uh, yeah, the last couple of months, to be honest, were quite challenging. Just keeping my energy up, keeping the motivation up. And yeah, now I'm home in New Zealand. I'm in my family home and it's nice to be home. It's nice to be around family and it's nice to rest. And uh, yeah, it's also good to be back. It's good to be seeing you guys and uh, and hanging out on the podcast again. We had a big year. This is episode 70. So we're still pumping out episodes. We brought some powerful women on the show this year. The highest ranking episode of the year was from Leanne, Amanda talking about death of her fiance and one of my best friends, James Butler. It was a very, very powerful episode. And she was talking about what she's learned after losing her fiance, how that's helped her love more. And so that was the most popular episode of the interviews. But actually, the most popular episode was the one where I interviewed me, where it was just me talking about how to create an extraordinary life and just giving all my lessons. So that one seemed to be quite popular. And like, to be honest, when I'm interviewing people, sometimes it can be quite stressful. Like I find it, I want to put on a good show for you guys and I want to make sure it's interesting and I want to make sure I ask the right questions. And sometimes I find that a little bit stressful. And I also want to spend more time this year just talking with you guys, just hanging out like this, just one-on-one and getting a little bit of uh, interaction with you guys. Because sometimes I feel like I'm just broadcasting, you know, out into the universe and and I don't necessarily know who these shows are hitting or, or who it's touching. So yeah, I want to do more of these kind of one-on-one solo podcasts just so I can interact with you guys and also just share a little bit more of my own journey and uh, and what's going on with me. So I hope you guys are into that. I want to hear from you guys more. So uh, hello, Donna. Hello, Holly. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, also live on Instagram, which is new, feeling very technological right now. And yeah, I want to hear from you guys. So send me questions, reach out to me, get in touch. I'm going to be doing a lot of really powerful coaching, and a lot of courses and everything this year. So I'd love to speak to you guys one-on-one about that if, if you guys are interested. So... What I thought I'd do today is uh, just a review of 2018 because I have this powerful tool that my friend Michael came up with that helps you celebrate and look back on 2018 and do a bit of a review. And I wanted to share that with you guys because I hope it inspires you. I hope that uh, you learn something. I hope it triggers something in you and you can kind of follow on and ask some of these questions of yourself. But these tools are super powerful that Michael created. So if you want a copy of the template of the 2018 review tools, just comment tools below and I'll, uh, I'll send you a copy of the template so you can do this stuff for yourself. And let me know, comment your answers to these questions as I go through them. I'm a little bit nervous. I haven't done a uh, podcast for a while, so I feel a little bit nervous. And also, I want to share very vulnerably and openly with you guys today. So I want to give you, you know, the full transparent truth of my 2018 because, uh, you know, you guys see a lot of like what goes well in my life. You see a lot of like the traveling and uh, 
you know, a lot of inspirational stuff about my life, but you don't necessarily see the hard times. And there's been a few of those. So I'm a little bit nervous about sharing that. But, you know, it's uh, so I can be more open and transparent with you guys. And hopefully you can learn something from that. Is that cool? Yeah, Tim's got the tools, Michael's tools. He loves them. And Matt Hall. Hey, Matt. Nice to hear from you. Cool. So let's dive in. 2018. What a year. So the first question, and again, you can answer these for yourself. And if you feel game, put the answer in the comments as well. What three words would I use to describe my 2018? So I said nomadic, challenging, and aware. So I'll dive into those a little bit more, but nomadic is kind of self-explanatory. I had no home in 2018. I still have no home by choice. It was challenging because it was my first year in business full-time. And man, if you want if you want something to like tickle your nickel and maybe uh, help you learn a lot faster than you're learning now, well, you just need to get one of them businesses. And that's going to speed up your personal development. I can tell you that from experience. Uh, and I said aware as well. So nomadic, challenging, and aware because you know all personal development starts with awareness. It all starts with understanding parts of yourself. And before you can do anything about it or transform, you need to kind of have awareness. And so I had a ton of awareness around patterns of mind this year. Holly's doing Michael's year interview in the spa on Sunday. That's a great idea. Yeah, very inspiring space. Uh, question number two. So again, I would love to hear your biggest wins. The question is, what were your biggest wins from the year? So uh, comment, what are your biggest wins? And uh, I'll give you some of mine. So this year, I created a community called the Extraordinary Life Community. And I think we have about 27 members in that community now. Uh, because what I noticed was a lot of people were missing out on connection. They were missing out on hanging out with people that were like them, that were into personal development, that wanted to make more of a difference in the world, that wanted to live an extraordinary life by their own definition. So I thought, well, you know, if you want something and you don't have it, why not create it yourself? So I created this extraordinary life community. And all the members in that community have just grabbed it and run with it. And they're connecting with each other and supporting each other. We speak uh, once a month. This year, it'll be twice a month on group calls. And yeah, it's just a way to have like an incredible virtual community uh, for people like you. I've had a group of incredible clients this year. I'm so inspired by my clients. There's not one client I have that is not incredibly inspiring and up to amazing things. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, traveled the world in business class. So that was like a big thing for me. Like business class, you know, whatever you think about that, it's uh, it's a luxury, man. Like that is not, you know, I don't need to travel business class, but that's a goal of mine. I wanted to like create a business that was successful enough that I could travel the world in business class. And I did that this year and I'm proud of that. I hired a new coach this year. She's amazing. So she's really stretching me and pushing me. So uh, I'm enjoying working with her. I became a boat skipper. So that was unexpected. I learned to sail boats and then took a bunch of people on a, a boat trip around Greece. And uh, yeah, that's crazy, man. Like it was kind of cool because I, I knew I wanted to hire a boat. And so I just rang a couple of boat hiring companies in Europe and said, how do you do it? And they said, why well, are you a skipper? And I said, no, how do you become a skipper? And they told me, you got to go and do a 10-day course. And I said, where can you do that? And they told me the place. And so then all of a sudden, I was in Athens uh, doing a 10-day sailing course. And that's that's how you become a skipper in Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I launched uh, two adventures last year. So the Greece adventure was one. And then we did another adventure taking a bunch of really extraordinary people up to Norway for the Northern Lights. And I loved that. And 
I took a, a lot of clients to New Zealand. I had some clients in Costa Rica. I had some clients in New York last year. And that was really fun for me. Like spending time with, you know, really inspiring people like my clients and bringing them into my world, uh, which includes a lot of travel. That was a lot of fun for me. And I enjoyed that. I have a fear of the ocean. I used to have a fear of the ocean. And this year I challenged myself to overcome that fear. So I went diving in Costa Rica with one of my clients and it was amazing. It was very scary and I felt the fear and the whole time I was kind of like having to breathe deeply and relax myself. But ultimately, I overcame a fear I've had since I was seven years old. You know, when I was seven years old, my mum took me snorkeling. And I don't know if you've done snorkeling, but it's a thing where you put a tube in your mouth and you can breathe under the water. And that's snorkeling. And she had a bag of fish food which felt like a good idea. And so we went snorkeling for the first time and then she started releasing this fish food. And that kind of sent thousands of fish into a frenzy. And I don't think they knew if it was fish food or if it was me that was the food because I was feeling a lot of fish nibbling at me when I was in that snorkeling. And I just ran straight up the beach and that was the last time I ever went in the water. So it's taken me 27 years to overcome that fear. But uh, I'm super grateful. And that was a massive win for the year for me. Yeah, I spent a lot of quality time with my family, with my friends this year, which was really powerful. And, and you know, family and friends are definitely a big value of mine. And I was sober for a year. So a lot of people have been asking about this and I haven't really talked about it much. But this year I decided that I wanted to have a year off alcohol. And, you know, I didn't think I had a problem. It wasn't because I thought I was an alcoholic, but I just wanted to see what that felt like to have a year off alcohol and see if I could do it and see if that made any difference. And it really did. Some of the biggest insights around that were, you know, coming home after a long day or I I don't come home after a long day, but I, uh, you know, I might do a full day of coaching. So I'm on the phone all day in deep conversations. So I'm really exhausted. At the end of the day, I like to have a little bit of wine while I make dinner. And I noticed when I didn't have that, I kind of had to carry that stress or that anxiety or that, you know, I didn't have that tool to relax. And that was really interesting. So I had to look a little bit deeper in myself and understand what, what was at play there? Why did I need alcohol to relax? And is there another way to do it? Uh, I don't know if you've ever been out with people when you're not drinking, but it is fun till everybody gets to their third drink and then you guys start parting ways a little bit and they get a little bit jolly, a little bit merry, a little bit rosy and you kind of are stuck there, just normal drinking sparkling water. So socially, it's challenging. And again, I had to question myself and go, why do I need alcohol? Like, can I find other ways to be social? Can I find other ways to have fun and relax? And uh, that was the, that was really the biggest insight was learning how to be with people and have fun and stuff uh, without alcohol. But I did one year sober and that was a big achievement. Oh, I started drinking again kind of a month ago and I just thought I had some weddings and a big birthday, family birthday, and then Christmas and New Year. And I thought, well, you know, maybe it'll be just easier to drink. But to be honest, it was very underwhelming, you know, after having a year without alcohol and then going back onto it, it was not, uh, it was underwhelming. So I think I'm going to review that again. Uh, I made about 121,000 US dollars this year and that feels vulnerable to share that. I know we don't really talk about money in our... uh, Our culture is kind of weird to talk about money, but hey, I want to share it with you. My first year of coaching and um, full-time, you know, I want to be transparent that that's how much money I made. And I was proud of that. 
I learned the value of consistency, of boundaries, of looking after my health. And oh, and I ran a two-hour half marathon. So at the end of February, before I left New Zealand at the start of this year, I ran a a two-hour half marathon which I was really proud of. My goal was to be two hours or under and I, the, the time was two hours and 18 seconds. So that was kind of cool. So that was my wins. Uh, I want to hear from you guys. What were your wins for the year? Uh, let me know, you know what you want to celebrate and you and I can do a little celebration together if that's what you like to do. Uh, if a movie was being made about my experiences from 2018, what would it be called? Uh, I said, Around the World in Search of Me which when I say it out loud, sounds a little bit cheesy. But when I wrote it, it felt very profound. (laughs) And I felt like that's what it was. I went around the world and I met hundreds of new people and, you know, stretched myself and put myself in a really odd scenario, you know, with this not having a home. I learned a lot about myself. So that little movie, and that's going to be out in selected theaters soon. My movie is called Around the World in Search of Me. Uh, this is a good question. What's the nicest thing someone said about you? And what's the nicest thing I said about somebody else? Hmm. I'm very blessed that uh, I get to help people for a job. So people often say nice things to me because they like the fact that I do this work and that I've kind of committed my life to helping people. So a lot of people will tell me that I'm amazing and that you know, that feels good. And I try not to like let that go to my ego But I'm lucky. I'm lucky that people share that with me a lot. The nicest thing I've said to someone, well, again, like my job as a coach is to love my clients. It's to believe in my clients. It's to hold their highest version of themselves, their highest vision for their lives. And, you know, I get to share that with them all the time. I get to tell them I love them. I get to tell them how much I believe in them. And, you know, that's 100% true for every one of them. And it's easy to do because they're inspiring people. But uh, yeah, I get, to, I get to share love you know, with people almost on a daily basis and I love doing that. Uh, next question, what was the biggest positive surprise? And it was learning to become a skipper, a boat skipper. <laughs> because it wasn't planned at all. You know, I, my year was pretty well planned and I had a lot of cool things planned, but I didn't plan on becoming a boat skipper. So that was pretty cool. And now I'm a boat skipper forever. And I like that. Uh, what did I create that I'm most proud of? Well, if you're just tuning in, you know, I, I just was sharing some wins earlier and I created this community of, of game changers, you know, of, of powerful people. There's 27 of us in that community. I'm really proud that I created that. Uh, I'm proud of this podcast. I'm proud that, uh, you know, this is episode number 70. So I'm proud that I've done 70 episodes of the podcast and that uh, each time I think the guests have got better and better and I'm getting better as an interview. I'm proud of that. I wrote an article on Facebook or a post on Facebook a couple of months ago. It was about self-discovery. And Tim, I know that was a real game changer for you, that post. And I was really proud of that post. I put a lot of effort into that. I was quite proud of it. Guys, let me know your answers to these questions. I'd love to hear from you, hear a little bit of interaction from you. Uh, Yeah, Holly is in the Extraordinary Life community, as is Tim. And uh, that community, yeah, Holly says that's one of the greatest gifts in her life. We've created something magical. And I do agree with that, that it is magical. This is cool. Like I'm on Instagram here as well. And there's people like tuning in and waving and watching. And it's super cool. Tim's loving the podcast. Thank you so much. And yeah, I I know that self-discovery post was a big impetus for you to start working with me. 
Question seven, what were your favorite moments spent with family or friends? Well, you know, these are endless. It was a year of travel and I, I spent a lot of time with family. I was in Bermuda for my uncle's 70th. I had my whole family there, which was nice. I was in Spain in Vanuatu with my cousin. My brother came to Vanuatu. I just had Christmas for my family. And uh, all those trips I just mentioned where I was with lots of amazing people. Did I do anything for the first time in my life or anything that scared me? Yeah, I, w- I went diving in Costa Rica. I did that for the first time and that scared me. And I also spoke to a very famous comedian on the phone. So I reached out to him. He's a famous comedian in LA. You probably know him. And I'm not going to mention his name. But uh, that was scary. You know, it's the first time I've, I've spoken to like a big celebrity. And I enjoyed that. Uh, which of my personal strengths did I use most? This is hard. I don't know. Like, do you know your personal strengths? Like, could you rattle off, you know, your biggest strengths right now? For me, you know, it's always interpersonal skills, my biggest strengths. You know, like I I know how to connect with people. I know how to listen very well. I know how to, you know, hear what's behind people's conversation and, uh, you know, spending time with people and uh, connecting with them and making sure they're seen and heard. That's the way I love people. So that's probably the biggest skill or the biggest strength that I have that I use this year. Uh, Logistics and planning. I mean, planning a trip around the world takes a lot. I'm good at that. I enjoyed it. And, you know, self-reflection. You know, I see a lot of people out there that aren't self-aware or that aren't taking the time to look back at themselves. And that is something I do almost too much. Like I'm always reflecting. I can end up kind of ruminating on my own shortcomings a little bit. But, you know, I think when it's healthy, self-reflection and self-awareness is a big strength of mine. All right, how have I grown? Right, we're getting a little bit meaty now. You know, it's fun to celebrate, but now we're getting into the meaty stuff. Uh, how have you guys grown? Think about that. How have you grown in 2018? And I'm not talking about physically because I grew a little bit in the waist, but I don't think that's what the question is. Uh, I'm more resilient. I think I've grown in resiliency. So you can pretty much drop me in any country, in any place in the world with you know no money. And uh, I think I would, uh, I would be able to survive. Maybe not any country. Like if you drop me in Syria, I might, that might be intimidating right now. But generally, I'm more resilient. You know, a phrase I've been using a lot lately is that I bankrupted my current way of being or my old way of being, uh, which was the old way of being, which I, I would worry and I would ruminate all the time, you know, and that would cause a lot of anxiety. I would think about my business all the time. So I had no boundaries around when I spent time thinking about my business. I said one of my biggest strengths is like the interpersonal skills. I can also use that to get what I want. So, you know, whether it's uh, sex or whether it's, uh, you know, get a client quickly, sometimes I can just turn it on, you know, and that's not a way of being that I, I enjoy. So I'm bankrupting these ways of being. Yeah, I learned uh, the value of cash flow and having a financial plan. So this is the most embarrassing thing that I have to share with you. And I don't even want to talk about it because... It's taken me a lot of months to recover from this, but I ran out of money in July. And it's kind of a funny story and I can laugh about it now, but um, I was just finishing up in Costa Rica and I had my car in the, in the car park there. And <laughs> I went to get my car. I'd been away for a week. And so, you know, I was in a hurry. So I put my car in like the most expensive car park in the, the airport, which is never a good idea. And I got back and it was about $265 to pay for that parking in that car park. And I swiped my card and it declined. And I swiped my second card and that declined. And I swiped my third card and it declined. 
And uh, that's not unusual. I have a lot of, you know, accounts around the place. And so it's not unusual to have, you know, money in some and money in not in the other. So I went and had a bit of a look at the situation and realized that, you know, my accounts were at zero. All of them were at zero. And usually I have uh, money in different places, you know, that I can call upon emergency funds and they were all at zero. So I had uh, completely run out of cash and I was uh, sitting in a car park in Costa Rica and that wasn't fun. And so I pleaded with the car park attendant. It was late at night. It was dark. So it must have been like eight o'clock at night. And I had about a four hour drive ahead of me. So I was going to get home at midnight anyway. And so I, uh, I pleaded with the car park attendant, you know, that I, I just said I had a problem with my card and, you know, I'll come back and pay tomorrow. And uh, he checked with his boss and he said, no. Know, the, the car stays, you know, the pay or the car stays. So, you know, I've been employed since I was 17 and I've never, my income has increased every year since I was 17. And I've never had a problem with money and uh, I never really think about money. And so this is the first time in my life that uh, I had a situation where I run out of money and I didn't really know what to do. And, you know, sitting in a car park in Costa Rica, sort of like thinking about things you're thinking, you know, what did I do next? Well, you know, I, I knew I probably just had to phone my parents and ask them to wire me some some money just so I could get through. And another thing I want to make clear is I had uh, a lot of cash flow. So I had a lot of money coming in, but I had just spent all the money for that month and uh, there was no money due in for another week or so. And boy, like I really couldn't ask my parents for money. So I sat in that car park and I just sat on the ground in that car park for like two hours just thinking about, is there any other way I can do this without having to ask for help? And that was a really interesting moment because I, I lend people money all the time. And so it, uh, why, when I needed a little help, why couldn't I ask for it? You know, why was it okay for people to ask me, but I, it wasn't okay for me to ask people? And, you know, it was just a big ego bruise. But that kind of sent me on a very long journey of understanding money, of understanding asking for help. And, uh, man, I'm still learning that lesson. I'm still learning that lesson. And money is like the blood of a business. So when you work as a job, money just comes in and it's kind of just like you just, you just get paid for your job. But when you're in a business, that's the blood of the business. So it's not about necessarily your income. It's about keeping that animal working, keeping that animal running. And when you don't have money in a business, then that, that is a different story. And that's the story I've been learning about. Thank you for letting me share that. And thank you for, uh, for listening because that's, um, that's a very uncomfortable thing for me to talk about. So onwards, how have I grown? That's a big one. Understanding the value of cash flow and money. Uh, learned a lot more about my sexuality um, just through different explorations. You know, I have a tendency towards shame and suffering. My coach pointed that out, that uh, my default state is like to be concerned or anxious or, or to kind of suffer more than I need to because that feels comfortable for me. So I'm learning to, to work with that and overcome that. I learned that nothing external will make me consistently happy. Only my internal state can do that. Now, that sounds really obvious probably um, because you read it in every self-help book you, you can find. But I had to figure out, you know, like I've had one of the most incredible years and like any week of my life this year would be, you know, the trip of a lifetime. And so I had my external reality has been incredible. Yet I noticed that my happiness is not always consistent. My ability to feel joy is not always consistent. And 
you know, I learned that it's an inside out job. I need to keep working on finding more happiness and more joy as a way of being, as, you know, a state of being, and then allow external things to come from that, but not rely on external things for happiness because that that's a fast track to not nowhere. That would be extreme, but... Uh, that's just going to mean like, and for me, you know, I had this incredible year. And so like, if I want to be happy, do I have to top it? And how would I top it? You know, so that that becomes a dangerous game that you have to keep doing more and more cool things just to be happy. And I don't want to play that game. This is an interesting one. So the more personal development I've done and the more uh, successful I become as a coach, the more I can tend to feel superior or feel like I know more than people or feel like I, I know best. And that is an egoic way of being and that will separate you from people. So if you think you're better than people, that's going to separate you from people. And this work, this work we're doing, personal development work, coaching work, that should connect you more to people. And so if it's separating you from people or you're finding that uh, you're feeling superior to people, then you're in your ego. And that's not what this work's about. And so I released a lot of judgment and, uh, you know, just keep coming back to unconditional love and what that looked like, not using this work to, uh, to be the best or to, to win. So the next section of this review is about growth again. And it's about reflecting on the less than ideal moments so that we can move forward. And again, this is a little bit scary for me. So the first question is, where did fear hold you back? You might have seen me ask this on Facebook and you guys uh, gave some answers. But where did fear hold you back? And for me, it was about not fully owning who I am. You know, I still get a little bit embarrassed as a coach. Uh, I get a little bit embarrassed about my spirituality. I think I have a fear of being judged around those things, which, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, that's where it sits. Uh, not reaching out to enough new people. I think that's, you know, sometimes fear holds me back and reaching out to like powerful people or people that intimidate me. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk about this one. Um, yeah, but not going to more gay clubs and gay events because I feel like sometimes I don't fit in in that community. So sometimes I hold myself back even though maybe I want to go to those things. And not moving forward with uh, house plans. So, you know, I've got plans to build a house and I didn't really push that forward this year. And there's reasons for that, but there's a little bit of fear in there as well. Uh, yeah, one thing that was a little bit fearful was while I was traveling, I didn't really use that as an opportunity to network and meet like cool people, you know, like, uh, well, you know, entrepreneurs and people like related to business. I met a lot of really cool people, but I probably didn't use that opportunity of travel to, to meet like entrepreneurs in the different cities I was at. And that was because I was a little bit fearful. Uh, I wanted to launch a course last year and I didn't do that. And I'll, I'll go into that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, so it says, which of your goals didn't go as planned and what happened? So I think there was kind of three goals that didn't go as exactly as planned. So I set the intention of creating a million dollar business uh, in 2018 and that didn't happen. Yeah, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Yeah, the first one was I was still a little bit unclear of my target market. So if you want to scale to a million dollars, you know, in a personal development business, then you have to be very clear who you serve and what result you can get for them. And that work's always been challenging for me. So that was kind of the, the first reason. Second one was not willing to do whatever it takes. So again, if you want to scale to a million dollars, you've got to be willing to work your butt off and do whatever it takes to get that thing up and running and build the system. So, you know, to get six figures in this business is about just, uh, you know, you being at your best. 
to get to seven figures, it's about systems, you know, and uh, how to create a business that's bigger than you. And that's going to take a lot to do that. And I wasn't willing to do that, you know, in hindsight. And the reason was because I was traveling. So I'd been flying airplanes for 16 years and I really needed a break because that flying airplanes is fun and you see the world, but it can also be quite hard on you. It's like a lot of pilots will tell you. Yeah, I think a lot of this time was just enjoying myself and traveling and having a year off of uh, a year off of flying. And so, you know, when it came to like really working hard to create that million dollar business, I just, I don't think I had the will to do it. Yeah, again, like, you know, same with the money thing, like feeling unsure how to ask for help. So, you know, having the help available, and I did have a lot of help available, but not really being sure about how to use that help. Um, and that's something I'm still working on. And you might relate to that. You know, fear of failure is always in there. You can't kind of talk about missing a goal without talking about fear of failure. So, you know, for me, it's about like launching something that flops and being embarrassed by that. That's my fear of failing. It's kind of more of a fear of embarrassment. Uh, So health was a big fail for me in 2018. And by health, I mean fitness and I mean eating and nutrition. And I also mean like spiritually. For me, spiritual health is very important. And again, the travel makes that very challenging. But I think even if I wasn't traveling, maintaining, you know, the self-care and keeping my health would still be a challenge. So one thing uh, that I have to acknowledge is that I have an addiction to sugar. And I've just been reading this book here. I bought it here. It's called Recovery. It's by Russell Brand, Freedom from Our Addictions. And it's Russell's interpretation of the 12-step program, which you may have heard of. And the 12-step program is, comes from Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's about working through addictions and finding a different path to overcome those. And so Russell's kind of done a modern take on it. And it's a very easy read. And so one of the things, you know, in this review is I had to realize that I had an addiction to sugar. And you might think that that sounds strong, like strong language. But as I read through more about addiction, I realize that it's when you are powerless and your life has become unmanageable in that area. And so for me, when I look at eating sugar or anything with sugar in it, that's really an out of control area for me. So I had to admit that I had an addiction to that in order to move forward. And so that feels powerful. So travel leads to a lot of fatigue, time zone changes and that kind of thing. And when I get fatigued, that's when I go for the sugar. I look for the comfort from that tiredness from the sugar. And so then it ends up spiraling. And so I end up kind of in this bad health, bad eating state. I don't know. Can you guys relate to that? Do you have your own way of dealing with like fatigue or tiredness or like, you know, uh, something that makes you comfortable when you're not feeling good? That's what I do. Um, Ate out too much traveling, you know, not sleeping properly. These are all things that just kind of didn't allow me to stay in shape and stay healthy. And the next biggest learning is that I actually touched on this earlier, but it's that joy and happiness weren't as abundant as I would like. So that might be, uh, you know, again, that's like touching on the fact that I had this amazing year, but you know, it, I wasn't happy all the time. And, you know, you might look at my life from the outside and go, man, that guy must just be happy all the time, but it's not true. And so that's a place for me to look. And some of the things that I learned from that was that, you know, obviously traveling alone can be quite lonely and confronting and tiring. So that can suck a little bit of joy out of life. 
suck a little bit of that joy out. I didn't deepen my spiritual practices. So, you know, for me, like happiness again is an inside job. And one of the ways that I find a lot of happiness and joy is really by connecting to the source, connecting to the universe, understanding that, you know, all of my problems are kind of trivial and that I'm only going to be here for 80 years, 100 years max. And, you know, there's so much more to this universe than just my little problems. And so that's my spiritual practices, reconnecting to the source and reconnecting to what's bigger than me. And when I don't do that, I know that happiness suffers and that's what happened this year. Oh, this is a big one. So you heard me just talking about some, you know, the financial struggles in the middle of the year. I really, and I think this is like a new entrepreneur problem, letting business and financial results dictate my self-worth. And I'm going to let you sit with that for a second. Letting my business results and my financial position dictate my self-worth. So when I had that financial issue in the middle of the year, one of the places I went to was how much of a failure I am, how much of a disaster as an entrepreneur I am, how much, uh, you know, how uninspiring it is to run out of money and how if I wasn't so lazy, I'd be able to, all this shit, I didn't even want to go there. But, you know, that's going to suck the joy. If you're just, if your happiness is dependent on a number on the screen, or if your happiness is dependent on what you perceive as success in business, then it's cheap. Your happiness is cheap. It's going to go up and down all the time. And like I say, this is a new entrepreneur problem and it's a lesson I just had to go through. But business is a game. Business is fun. You know, money is just uh, a thing. And, you know, I'm worthy regardless of my success or, you know, results in those areas. Uh, lack of alcohol. I guess, you know, I relied since I was 16 probably on alcohol to find happiness you know, to go and have joy. Uh, yeah, it's an easy way to be happy. You can drink a bottle of wine and be happy. That's a pretty simple equation. And that's what I did for a lot of my life, like most of us. So I took alcohol out of the equation and, you know, my happiness suffered. I didn't have that instant access to happiness. And so, you know, that was another reason why happiness was a bit more of a struggle this year. Hmm. Feeling more separation from people in the past. Ah, yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. So again, as I've done this work and as I move you know, more into the personal development world, I can feel like I'm leaving some people behind and I can feel like I'm leaving my past behind a little bit. And that's scary and that's sad and that sucks a little bit of happiness away from me when I think about that. Yeah, another thing I've been touching on, wow, you're getting like the full whack of me. This is the most honest I've ever been in public. There is like a deep pain in me. And I've touched on it a few times, you know, on, on Facebook posts. There was a video that David made a black and white video of me last year that was sharing a lot of my deep pain. And some of you may have, may have seen that. And that's kind of the pain I'm touching on here. Uh, and it's uh, the pain, if I go right to the source of it, is the pain of not belonging and the pain of you know, some emotional neglect from when I was younger. And yeah, that feeling that uh, a deep pain and like, you know, the way I look at it is that it doesn't matter what external success I have or what cool things I do externally, that that childhood pain uh, is still there. And so that's a place for me to look, but it does, 
you know, when I'm present to that, it does suck a little bit of the happiness out of life, as you may well imagine. Uh, and yeah, just not staying healthy and rested, you know, obviously sucks the joy out of things. So those were my three big goals I didn't make, creating a million dollar business, not staying, you know, healthy and, you know, uh, not focusing on, on happiness and joy. What do you think about all that then? Uh, I'll just pull out anything that I see as, as beneficial for you guys. Uh, what would I do differently if I had the chance? Well, manage cash flow uh, better, which, you know, I talked about that already. Uh, prioritizing my health and fitness, connecting with more entrepreneurs, and being more consistent in my business. Which worries turned out to be completely unnecessary? All of them. Worrying is a waste of time. Cool. So like if we look at the future now, if we just kind of turn to the future and, you know, now I'm focusing on, okay, I've, I've celebrated the year. I have reviewed the challenges of the year and I've been really honest about that. Now it's kind of looking, what's the opportunity for growth? What do I want to take into 2019? So for me, the biggest opportunity is, uh, you know, becoming more professional, continuing to become more professional as an entrepreneur. Last year was really fun and lots of travel, you know, but my business could have been better. So uh, it's really about recommitting. I want to be the number one coach for lifestyle, mission-based, you know, spiritual entrepreneurs in the world. So that is where I want my expertise to be. That's where I want to put my love, my gifts, my service out into the world is to help as many people become mission-based spiritual entrepreneurs and live an extraordinary life. And I want to be the number one person, the number one go-to person for that in the world. What's that going to take? Uh, more consistency. You know, turning professional is all about consistency. When you work for yourself, you can just kind of go with the flow of inspiration and motivation. Uh, whereas you wouldn't do that in a job. Like if you worked as a lawyer and you didn't turn up for a couple of days because you didn't feel inspired, well, you'd be fired. <laughs> and because we work for ourselves, we think that somehow it's different. We can just wait for motivation to strike. So uh, becoming a professional in this business is about consistency. Be more passionate and just work harder, you know, being kind of reluctant to work really hard because I, you know, to me that, I don't know, I have something about that, but I want to work hard and I love my work and it's great work and there's no reason why I shouldn't be working hard because I enjoy it. This is interesting and you know, I think this will help a lot of you that are listening and watching is to remind yourself of the impact of what you do. So sometimes I can kind of get into the repetition of the work and you know, writing and doing these podcasts and just being on calls with people and it just feels like me in a room in front of a laptop you know, and doesn't really feel that inspiring. But that's just me being lazy and not reminding myself that all of this work and even just this conversation you and I are having right now has a huge impact on the world. And, you know, probably thousand people will watch this video and that is going to impact them in some way. And remembering that, you know, it's all about service. You know, when I'm in the, when I'm in the way of being, of just serving people over and over and over again, my business just works. And service is another word for love. Sounds weird to just like, uh, you know, focus on loving people. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't sound weird, but that's another word for that is service. So I want to focus on joy and happiness. So that's a big uh, goal for me this year is to focus on health, you know, and just putting health at number one. And that includes spirituality. It includes bringing joy, love, and gratitude to the front and center. So making sure that those are a key priority for me. 
and that everything flows from that. So rather than going, I'm going to do some things so that I feel joy, I'm going to feel joy so I can do some things. That was good. I just came up with that then. I'm going to keep working with my coach because she's amazing and she challenges me. And, you know, all of the stuff that I've been sharing, I, I wouldn't even have awareness around if it wasn't for having an amazing coach. You know, I have to keep working on self-love. So focusing on health and spirituality and, and impact and all of that, it's, it's also a way to love myself. And self-love is one of those, one of those things that keeps coming up for me. I got to focus on a bit more of that self-love. Part of that is not attaching my self-worth to my business. Looking at uh, my relationship. So yeah, you know, all of this, becoming the best version of me keeps myself open to creating an incredible relationship. So I'm going to keep room open. I can tend to be a little bit needless. So if you're single, you can either be needy and you probably... <laughs> feel the resistance to that word. But, you know, you, you can be needy and that's going to pretty much turn people off. It's going to make it hard for you to find someone. You can be the other end of the spectrum, which is where I am, and you can be needless. You can have no needs. So what that means is that there is no room for somebody to come into your life and be with you because you have no needs, because you hide your needs uh, you think your needs, having needs is a weakness. Uh, you think that you should be able to look after yourself. And so that means having no needs, which are all false beliefs. So for me, I can tend towards that. So I need to make sure that I'm clear that, hey, I need love. I need uh, a sexual partner. I need somebody that's going to uh, support me when life is challenging. Those are needs that I do have. And in the middle between needy and needless, is self-sufficient. And that is somebody that can look after themselves, but still has needs and is honest and open about those needs. And that's what I want to focus on. So leaving room for a partner, you know, for me, a relationship is pointless unless it's exponential. So uh, I got pretty high standards around relationships and I, I don't apologize for that. Uh, yeah, needy feels weak and you'll get over that, Holly. Yeah, totally. And Tim, thank you for sharing that I'm human. And I hope that allows you to connect with me more, hearing about my humanness. So I'm just going to skip ahead. Uh, here is one thing, one thing that I, a little thing that I noticed. The question was, what books, movies, articles, or courses most resonated with you? And when I looked at the year, I didn't actually do a lot of courses. So I learned a lot. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I learned a ton this year from other places. I'm not, not saying that. But I, you know, I didn't do as much intentional reading and learning as I normally do. So that's something I want to uh, rectify because, you know, I love doing courses and I love reading. Nothing keeps me in the flow state more than reading and, and you know, doing courses from people that I admire. So I'm going to wrap up in a minute because we're coming up on the hour. Here's how I'm going to wrap up. What I'm carrying forward from last year Freedom of self-employment. Being an entrepreneur is fucking amazing. Please do it sooner rather than later. And uh, the need for adventuring with great people. I'm going to create more adventures in the new year and I'll keep you in touch with what those are. Pretty exciting. Maybe in Peru. Uh, working with inspiring people. Always working with a coach. Keeping my morning routine. I have really good scheduling and planning systems in place and I'm going to carry all that through. 
And this is kind of the summary of everything I've talked about. So 2019, like how's it going to look for me? And I just, I'm just going to read this straight off. I'm excited to bring joy, gratitude, and love into 2019, to generate happiness daily, bring my full self-expression into the world in conversations, podcasts, posts, and interviews. I choose to put health and fitness as my number one priority and trust everything will flow from that. My business will be built on service. I choose to serve those seven, there's Enneagram seven, creator types who are changing the world through their lives. I'll serve them through my creativity, coaching, adventures, community, but most importantly, through my own way of being. Uh, I will leave room for an exponential relationship to evolve and develop. I commit to being the best version of me in service of my future partner. Being my highest self where possible and exploring my shadow when necessary. I commit to being less self-obsessed and being there for my family and friends the way that they need me. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed this. I really enjoyed going through this. I hope this is meaningful. It feels a little bit like uh, self-indulgent to just uh, share everything, uh, but genuinely is you know hoping that it will help you and that by me being more open and vulnerable, that that will give you something. So I love you guys. Let me know if you like this. Like, do you like me doing these one-on-one things? Do you like me just, you know, getting on and sharing my own experience? Because if you do, then I'll, I'll keep doing it. But I, I really need to hear from you to, to hear if you're going to like that. Definitely going to be bringing more interviews uh, in the new year. So look out for that. More adventures to come. If you're interested in working with me, I have space for one person to help them create an extraordinary life in 2019. Feel free to drop me a message. We can have a conversation about that. I'd love to have a conversation with you anyway. And yeah, if you're interested in joining the Extraordinary Life community, if you want some community support around what you're creating, uh, message me about that. And otherwise, that's all. Have an incredible 2019. And I'll be back next week with episode number 71 of The Nathan Seward Show. That was The Nathan Seward Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life.